just opened up the hatch and we're jumping down into the wormhole of what the heck are we going to talk about today? What's going on, Abe? <laughs> uh, not a lot. It's 11 o'clock at night on Tuesday, which means we just finished round one of the Gridlife iRacers Hard Times presented by Mike's Harder. Yeah. Is that, <laughs> did I get all that right? Yeah, we have a booze sponsor for a, for a race that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. I don't know how that happened, actually, but uh, that's cool. Um, that was fun announcing. I had a good time. Kyle, Kyle, freaking slays it. Uh, and, Kyle is so good. Yeah, and and I uh, like it was a last minute edition that like, oh, Abe's coming too. Cool, uh, and and like Kyle just rolls with with any with anything thrown at him. He just knew what to do. So the dude, the dude's doing well, what uh, he's doing things. What what I love about Kyle, and and I hope that he doesn't. Uh, He's not obligated to do this, but he is so good at this thing yeah. that it's going to be a damn shame if he has to just get a regular job. I know. Uh, because like <laughs> it might imply that he does less of this thing that he's extraordinary at. Although his, it's th- like, this is the thing that happens like after hours though. So I'll bet you, I'll bet you this thing will continue. Like he'll, he'll probably announce digital racing for a while. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, like, you, I would love to see him in a professional responsibility of just announcing racing, right? Oh, like, yeah. imagine yeah. a scenario where, like, Michael Jordan couldn't play basketball in college because he had to get a job. Yeah, because he had to it's announce like, virtual basketball in college. <laughs> uh, Kyle is so good, and he makes us better. Yeah. Um, no, we're it's still been, terrible. Like, uh, I, I think he, I'm like. Th- Three weeks in, and you're you're two weeks in with announcing with him. Maybe maybe four and three. I don't even know, but it's like it's fun to play off his energy. Like it's uh, even today. Like I was like, oh yeah, tonight's irate. Like the last few weeks, it's been like, oh, I got to do that again. I'm tired. Like I'm working day job, like slamming things out because I'm working by myself and I'm tired. A lot of snot guards going up. Uh, now now I'm like just doing everything again. It seems like I'm the last man standing in the construction world of my choice in Chicago. But um yeah, like it, uh, I'm starting to like get stoked on on uh, the Sim TV Kyle energy. <laughs> like I uh, I talked to Brad Adams on the phone for like 20 minutes about the Porsche in iRacing and I t- and I like was texting with Tom O'Gorman and I was texting with DJ like getting pointers and stuff to talk about and it was I had a good time like I actually like the prepped. the thing that I like most about digital racing is um you know we have friends that are pros and I can it's it's hard to communicate effectively to people who aren't like in it uh, just how much having the financial backing to go pro racing matters on whether or not you have a seat, yeah. right? So some of the best drivers around will find themselves without a ride because that's just how it works sometimes. And in iRacing, that problem just goes away. Yeah. yeah. Where, where it's like, you it's straight up, up just, just show up and be good. Yeah. It, uh, I, I think there's some, there's some really cool uh, aspects to virtual racing that i i mean i didn't care about about virtual racing six months ago like i tried it and i played with it and like we were do we were starting to do some stuff with it with game night and i just wasn't like good enough at it but like i'm really garnering a respect for it just uh just by watching some of the storylines play out in like the multiple series that we're playing with right now and I mean, that's a it's it's a real place in motorsports. I think it's uh, I think this quarantine stuff has kind of cemented that. Uh, Absolutely, it's a, it's a thing. Um, it's definitely it is it is not just like it's not freaking kid stuff. Well, and it's not like a. I mean, it, it, it's it's not fair to call it a place filler either. Like, no, this is it, no. it's a high quality product, production, and Kyle and Finian have done an awesome job making sure that the broadcast itself looks like an actual race broadcast, yeah. which is a critique of, of other series and other platforms. It's like the racing doesn't really look like racing. Right. And with those guys, they, they're racing fans at heart and they, they make the race look real. Yep. Now, the, and that's the camera part of angles are right. And yep. the, I mean, like the amount of time cars spend in a, in a particular angle is right. I mean, it just, it looks like a real broadcast. Yeah. Tonight, Kyle said after the broadcast tonight, we were talking with Kyle and he said that, uh, 
one of the the angles that I think he or Finian had like figured out how to do was was modeled was like the idea of it came from one of the drone shots that that came out of uh, I think race one at GLTC at Midwest Festival last year, uh, which uh, which Kyle was there announcing and just like the the follower drone shot where the field passes you by a little bit uh, as it enters a turn like that's a it's a it's a drone shot that they like figured out how to do in iRacing. racing I guess iRacing racing pretty much like make a camera angle from any place but. Uh, there's some cool things about uh, about about not having to deal with real physics in the real world and real space and real budgets. You can play with things a little bit, but uh. and think about like all the infrastructure it takes to to manage a pro team, right? Like you got to buy semi trucks and trailers and fuel and all that stuff. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, you could just like imagine spending five grand on an iRacing rig. I imagine that that would be a, a very expensive purchase. And yeah, that, that would that probably would be as covers, high end as they get. Yeah, that that would cover potentially tires for a a year of like pro racing. No, Maybe. that that wouldn't that would tire cover tires for a weekend of pro racing. It'd be like a year or maybe two years of like a mid budget GLTC car, but. Uh, yeah, uh, IMSA tires, they cost about a 1000 bucks a corner, I think. And I think they go about one weekend. So That's silly. No, it was a, so there is something cool about that. Like We had like 100 and, 100 and some drivers uh, try to qualify for tonight. And like uh, yeah, they whittle it down, they whittle it down, and then the heat races and the last chance qualifier. And I think it was cool. I, I had a good time. I'm really starting to like feel it. I think the vibe is rad. So. Um, how's the last week? Something that I'm really enjoying is, um, watching, like getting to know some of the drivers and getting to know who's good and where the battles are. Like it's, it's, and and we've got plenty of crossover from drivers we know in real life and it's just, it's, it's been cool. And I imagine we're going to see some of these names at our, our actual events in the future. And some of them are like drivers that I have, uh, like I've seen in the Facebook world and it's cool to like have some sort of interaction with some of them too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, we got Forza, Forza tomorrow, uh, because our life now seems to revolve around iRacing. We've got a real event in three weeks, two and a half weeks. Um, how has the last week been for you? Have you, uh, had a Subaru fail? Are you daily driving anything? Are you, uh, sitting? Uh, I went to work, I went to work twice, like actual work on site twice in the last week. Oh, wow. Um, it's been like, for me, it's been good to just kind of like break the monotony because yeah. I, I, I call it a personal flaw. I'm really, really bad at uh, managing routines in that I just get bored super quick and I completely lose interest. And um, being able to just like, pack my stuff up and go into the office. And even if it's just like the change of location, I go in, I close my door and I like continue to work. It's, it's almost the same thing, but at least it's in a different place. Right. Makes sense. But, uh, I, I had thought that we were going to be on our way back into the office relatively soon, but we got a work communication today that showed that, uh, uh, at the earliest going back on site in Indianapolis would be like mid July. So when you say you went to the office, you went to the office, but nobody else is there. There, there are a few people there. Okay, um, we're we're basically the the scientists are basically ins- instructed to be there on an as needed basis. Right, and so like I, I have discretion to go in when I need to. Okay, um, but like the majority of employees are not present. So how how is uh, how's Ashley doing with the uh, with the old hospital life and the baby in the belly and stuff? Seems seems all right. She, yeah. uh, I think she, Ashley's she my biggest. To this. She's my biggest concern right now. Every day I'm like, freaking COVID. I hope Ashley's good. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> so uh, if if you recall, uh, the episode title for today, which is Tuesday, was Type R Tuesday, and she uh, she looked at her phone this morning and she was like. Type R Tuesday, and uh, well, mm-hmm. she's like, "You're not, you're not buying a car." I don't actually so. remember what we talked about. That was, I was really tired on that one. Um, so I, just like every now. other day, <laughs> as I am now, yeah. yeah. We had uh, uh, a few folks on uh, Facebook Messenger hit me up about my love for 
uh, hatchbacks and also yeah. the ILX, which I still think is a badass car. It's a car that um, I don't even know anything about. Like it's a, I, I've seen maybe one. It's so yeah. here, here it is. It's an NA direct injection K24 in a Civic chassis, which is a, a, a little bit more luxurious Civic chassis yep. with an eight-speed DCT. That's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. And I, uh, through friends of friends, I have heard that the the DCT is good. Like it's it's mechanically sturdy. Okay. It's like, well, like why don't they put that in more stuff? That's it's a, a cool good transmission, car, actually. Yeah. I'm into that. Is that like a Civic chassis style, or is it like its own? Yeah, chassis it's uh, it's it's on the ninth gen chassis. They haven't updated the platform yet, but I still think that car is pretty good. And you uh, can get those. You yep. can get a new one base for twenty five nine. Really, which is a lot of money, but like it's not a lot for of a money new car. Though. That's not that much yeah. money for an eight speed DCT in a K twenty four. Especially um, for an Acura product, like an Acura product at twenty five grand doesn't seem like an Acura product. Like that's a freaking right? Hyundai product. Like I'm trying to imagine what a Civic a Civic Si with that trans would be like. Mm-hmm. You know, you you kind of capture all markets in the Si if you chose to do that because you get you get the drivers that want sporty cars that don't want the manual trans where the DCT is a, still a really sporty option. Right. No, that's a that's a car I literally didn't even know existed until. Uh, you said something, I think, last show about it, maybe a show before then, and I was like, yeah, I think I've seen one of those. Uh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, uh, It's kind of a tempting little little car, though. But Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to buy a car apparently, payment. I don't want to have a car uh, payment, though. Jason just texted me. Uh, shout out to Jason, who is my Honda Acura conversation buddy. Uh, he had said he found on the forum somewhere that uh, – the 2016 ILX, uh, like the newer ILXs, share the same um, like suspension design with the 2014-2015 Civic SIs. Okay. Which means that if you're buying parts, you can buy SI parts and they'll fit. Yeah. And yeah, a cool. lowered TLX looks sick. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about like the body skirts that Acura puts on some of those cars that the lower they get, the better they look, even if you don't do anything else. Like even like the going yeah, check, back to like check the your phone TSXs. right now. I just texted to you. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of rad. <laughs> That's a good looking car. So That's like pretty good. Uh, yeah. The, the the shame is that because Ashley's listening to the show, she reminded me that I once said on the day that I picked up the Mugen, I said, cars are meant to be driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so now when I say, hey, maybe we should like park the Civic so that it doesn't, you know, get 200,000 miles and rust to pieces. You're right. She reminds me that I said once cars are meant to be driven. Yeah. So this so so you could like park a ten thousand dollar car so it could continue to be a ten thousand dollar car. And then you could buy a twenty five thousand dollar car and turn and it, it in, might into a ten thousand turn it into car, another yeah. ten thousand dollar car <laughs> instead of just burning up and driving and throwing away the ten thousand dollar car, which will probably be only an eight thousand dollar car when you burn it up and throw it away. <laughs> well, I I did say then that if I continue to drive this car indefinitely, right, there will be a period of time where it needs to go visit Andy and it'll get a new clutch and it might just get a new engine in the process and like, yeah, if you put twenty five hundred into it, it'll run for another five years. Well, and that's the well, it'll probably run for more than that even, and like, uh, and if say it gets rusty, like you bring it to Al's and they fix it for like eight hundred or a thousand dollars and maybe two thousand dollars, and that's like shout out to Al's Auto Body. That's like three car I payments. Love those guys. Yeah, Cal was actually racing iRacing tonight. I didn't. I had never yeah, seen him in iRacing uh, before. So, so uh, I did. I think I told you maybe what seems like a year ago that there was a lawsuit uh, eco diesel settlement. Right. I have been getting the runaround for the better part of forever uh, on what to do about my car because there was there was some recall work that had to be done in order for you to settle uh, your claim. Yeah. And mine was stolen, so they didn't know what to do with me. And That's true. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't get anyone to actually like return a call. Um, and it got resolved like yesterday. Okay. Which was I don't get nearly as much money because I'm I'm not a current owner, basically. Yeah. Um 
So they're going to give me, I think it's a thousand bucks basically. Um, as part of the settlement, and maybe I should just take that thousand bucks and just give it to Andy. It's not a bad idea. Or, or, uh, or just hold it until you can give Andy $2,500, make the car even redder. Yeah. I'm trying to imagine what, uh, like the, the work that the Benz had done with, um, uh, his EK doing a, you know, big power K24 swap with those like really nice drag cartel cams. Right. I'm trying to imagine how awful that would be to drive or whether or not it's not a big deal. No, it'd like, be super fun. It'd be fine. That would be pretty cool. No, you've already and, got that, uh, the, the K or the Honda, uh, like flash tuner, right? I do. Yeah. Now, can that like that can tune whatever you want, right? You, you can even I think do like so. boost, yeah. right? Because I think the the K twenty four is used the same ECU. Okay, uh, so you've already got like one of the big steps for an engine swap done. The engine mounts yeah. are the same. Maybe you put some stiffer ones in the back or in the front or something for like uh, for torque distribution. Uh, and then I just need like header and cams. And I yeah. told Andy that I wanted to keep the, the factory Mugen exhaust only because I didn't want it to be like over the top loud. You know what I think you and should like, do? I think you should do one of those E cutouts or something cool like that, where it's like at wide open throttle. Uh, as soon as you hit a hundred percent throttle, like there's a little valve that twists and then the thing becomes like an open header and you sound like a super rice boy or like a fast and furious bro. And you make another yeah. 20 horsepower. That's what you need. You need to eat cut Yeah, up. but those those don't have a track record for being super reliable. Do they? Like, <laughs> and that's like kind break. of. The, I think there's actually a pretty reliable one out there, but I don't know the brand of it. But twelve years ago, when I was surfing Honda Dash Tech, uh, there were some garbage ones out there. But uh, it was a cool. <laughs> it's a cool concept. Uh, you could always go with the uh, with the tried and true like cable actuated one and like drill a hole in your floor and. And put a choke cable from a lawnmower, and <laughs> it could be sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I one one James Houghton had told me that uh, he might be able to help me get some competitive pricing on K-Tune stuff. So, at some point, I may just do that. And having having a K twenty four swap Mugen to me seems pretty cool. I think I, I think, I think with some act, that might be sacrilege, but I we've think actually cool. like pitched K K tuned on advertising too. So maybe uh, maybe our customers should beat them down and tell them they should advertise with us as well. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, our listeners can beat them up. But. Um, what else is going on? A whole uh, lot of nothing. I on fixed the. End. I finished the floor in my RV. My RV has a new floor now. Did you tile it? Uh, no, I, it like, I uh, did the same. Glue on. Yeah, I did the glue down laminate hardwood, the same floor that I did in the old RV. Um, so uh, this this can be a little bit of RV talk, but I had never installed a glue on floor before. Right. And so like I I did it kind of how you might lay down glue on tile or for, for doing tile in that I used like one of the V-notch trowels, okay. which was fine, but I think like... Having done that, I think it puts on way, way too much glue. <laughs> yeah. uh, I saw somebody at work laying down a glue-on tile, right. and he was using a paint roller. And I was like, well, that's smart. And it like lays it on perfectly, and then you get the right amount, and then you just stick the tile down. So well, uh, in I, the future, that's what I'm going to do. I told you to do it that way because that's how I did it because uh, I think it varies a lot via the glue that you use. Um, yeah, mine was yeah. really runny, right. and it right. like it it made it really difficult to get the tiles to lay uh, lay down well okay. without like having it seep up through everything when you start to close them up. Yeah, when I uh, so I did some research before I did this current floor, um, and yeah, it totally depends on what glue you use. Like if you use a super super wet glue, like yeah, you don't want to put it on that thick. Um, but I, I, I wanted to get the thicker glue that I had used in my first RV and, and in my basement. Um, and that uses like a V-notch trowel, like with like an eighth-inch notch, you know, like the little the little triangle shape. Um, and I, I wanted to do that sort of because I was doing it over plywood. And there were, I knew that uh, the plywood had been played with by the previous owner who, like, sucked at things. Uh, so when I knocked out the the tile work, which was put down with Thinset, which was terrible to remove, like we're talking like I had to buy 
Uh, I had to buy like a super heavy duty floor scraper that had like a twenty pound weight at the bat on the on the end of it to like hold oh, it. yeah, like it was terrible. And, and then I had to hit things with sledgehammers. Did you ever try one of the? Um, you ever try the the scraper tool that attaches to your reciprocating saw? No, I haven't done one of those. I I've thought about that, but like this. The, uh, I don't know. This seemed like it needed heavy-duty stuff uh, because it was just in some sections it like popped up in the in the tile because it was like twelve-inch ceramic white tile that was like cracking in some spots, and some sections like you'd hit you'd like look at it and you'd have four tiles up, and like all the thin set would be stuck to the back of the tile, and then in some sections this stuff was so stuck to the plywood because somebody had built it up with plywood the whole floor. And, like, at the gaps where the plywood was meeting, like, it wasn't super flat. So I even, like, chipped some of that away with chisels to smooth it out. So I wanted to have, like, a thicker base of glue because uh, the glue now, form, I realize like a that if you're layer. building, like, a, a $2 million coach, right. having tile makes, I'm sure it's fine because the chassis you're starting with is, like, of, of really high quality. Probably. But the idea to put a, a solid, rigid substrate like tile into your motorhome that's basically like on a, a floppy noodle chassis. Terrible idea. It's like, no, everything's going to break. Well, especially when you do it the way the people that whoever, my, my tile was laid by a DIY guy. Like if you laid the tile, there, there's better stuff to lay it with, like than thin set. Um, and it just wasn't like done well either. Like it was, it was up and down, and some tiles were higher, and some tiles were lower, and you could like catch your feet on some, and it was stupid. So, um, so I spent a lot of time prepping the the plywood and like changing some pieces, and uh, I think I've got pretty much all my free time in the past month, uh, like an hour here, hour there, half hour before work, hour after work, kind of stuff. Um, into the floor of the RV so far. So the big job is like the hardest planned? part's done. Uh, we were supposed to go camping last weekend, and the campground was closed, <laughs> so that it did not. Will happen. Uh, but uh, but it also took some of the pressure off of finishing the RV. But um, I think we're probably going to do something in June. Um, I don't want to do. I don't like. I don't want to do a whole lot in in the end in July because we've got two events in July and then we've got August and. Um, but we're probably going to go somewhere in June and then maybe go somewhere in September. Uh, I'm going to try to drag the girls to an event too, maybe to Road America or something. But oh, that place is so nice. It's so pretty. Um, like it's just pretty. You know. You know, I, I realized that uh, Grid Life's first event at NCM was um, canceled bust. because of stuff. Yeah, but uh, outside of that event, like the 2020 schedule to me feels much more manageable than 2019. Like 2019 was a slog, dude. It was freaking crazy. <laughs> it was too many things, and it was hard. And it we uh, did like so many cool things. Yeah, like uh, thinking back, on lots it. of new tracks. Oh, but like it was so it was good. Hard. But like it was so hard. Yeah, like uh, I, I've been having text conversations and real conversations with people about it for six months. Like everyone was like, "Man, 2019 was like so tough." Like, and they always like hit their desk when they say that. They're like, "Man." <laughs> Like every time, <laughs> man, 2019 was hard. And then you think back on like all the individual things that happened in 2019 and 2019 was freaking awesome. <laughs> like we, it was, we went, to, so we did three one festivals. Of the, <laughs> one of so the most many. memorable experiences that I have was you and I flying out on like, what was it? A, a Friday night, uh, to Los Angeles to host an event yeah, yeah. on, Sunday, Sunday, and, well, and maybe Austin we flew out Saturday. No, we flew out um, Friday night, and then we went to L.A. and Austin was ho- Austin Austin was like running a Speed Ventures event the day before oh, at the same right. track. So like uh, we wanted to go there a day early because of uh, one flights were cheaper, and two we could like go to see the track and figure things out. Um, and that was uh, that was a busy freaking thirty or forty eight hours, man. That was wild. And then like as soon as the event was over, you and I ripped back to LAX to try and make our flight. Like it was just, it was tight. Well, we got tacos with Mike Kojima and he told, he he told rad stories for like two hours. And then we're like, holy shit, we're going to miss the flight. (laughs) (laughs) And, but like you and I counted how many new tracks we had. 
new tracks to even to us that we'd been yeah uh last year and it was four yeah it was uh, four new tracks in one year it was a lot man. uh what was it we had uh streets of willow we had pike's peak international raceway at some um, point some and then point. we did our our event at road america yeah we did road america and then we also did like a thing at daytona so like i oh, man i drove four new tracks and we went to four new tracks uh, and th- two of those tracks I drove like in a, in a tow truck or the safety car, but <laughs> how many, uh, how many miles did you put on the motorhome last year ish? Uh, I think I actually haven't done my taxes for the year yet, but, uh, I think it's 11,000. That's so many, which is like as much as I did in my day job in my truck last year. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah, this, it was a this lot. life is, is wild. Speaking but this of, year, this year was supposed um, to be easier and not as wild, and uh, now we're just like here we are. Yeah. We're staring at a virus that like might crush the company. <laughs> so that's so cool. Ashley has uh, a doctor appointment on the Friday of the Grid Life uh, Spring Shakedown or Spring Awakening event. What at was going to be Midwest is, Festival? Yeah, um, she has a doctor appointment on that Friday morning, and pending the. Uh, the recommendation of the doctor, I may or may not be present, but uh, if I can be present, I'm really kind of looking forward to it because well, it's like all the new builds are going to debut on that event. And it's just yeah. like, it's going to be some awesome racing the whole weekend. Well, if, if Ashley can keep that baby in the belly for like an extra couple of days, I would love if Abe was there. Cause then, uh, then I'd have a Mike Cone and an Abe and I, I could maybe like drive my car for a couple of races, but uh yeah, You're one. so selfish, Adam. <laughs> just, I it, like I I get so stressed about the first race of the year, and like technically, I guess GLTC at Coda was the first event we did this year, but like that was so easy. <laughs> it was so easy. <laughs> that was so like, easy. GLTC Coda was so easy. Yeah, it was great, and uh, I would do that event. And, like, if there's a way to like actually not lose money at that event and like do it forever, I would do that event forever. Uh, and we'll probably do that event next year, but I mean, like the company can't be built on that event because that event is like, a, like you make enough money to, you don't make any money. <laughs> well, like the, right. I mean, you keep the expenses at a minimum. Almost nobody stayed in a hotel. Right. Uh, like the travel was done on the cheapest of cheap, and it's like, yeah. uh, it covers the fact that we were there because we had to rent the time part of the track yeah but barely so like if that was the thing we could do every day it would be rad but we can't um so we got to like try to do some other events and like bring some sponsorship in and all the sponsorship like the biggest problem that grid life has had right now uh isn't like the fact that we just couldn't do ncm which sucks but like all the partnership and sponsorship dollars with like which like actually pay the bills got paused or put on hold or like canceled which is like enough money to like pay a couple of salaries and like pay for rent in a storage space and like pay for fuel to go everywhere and pay for live stream and pay for like all the money that could like gets pissed away trying to build the funnest, coolest series that we can build. Uh, it's all gone right now, but I don't, but I don't think still do people events, quite appreciate so. how much it costs to produce uh, a, a professional caliber live stream for an event. Oh, it's so it's much like, money. It's a gajillion dollars. It's as much money as I can make. Like if I work 3,000 hours in a year at construction, that's what it costs for three days of live stream. Um, it's hard. Like it's all, it's, 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 it's like the, it's the funnest, most rewarding job to be in. Like this business is rad, but like it doesn't, like you can't just sell tickets and like, and like produce the events we try to produce. Like you can't just get like ludicrous and like, Killer Mike and uh, Soldier Boy, and like expect to pay for it with just ticket sales. Like it doesn't work. Uh, Speaking but, of ludicrous, yeah. uh, we set up the nursery this weekend, and uh, for some reason, my home now has a copy of Llama Llama Red Pajama. Yeah, should. <laughs> I had uh, I had one of the I had a copy of Llama Llama Red Pajama signed by Ludicrous at uh, at Atlanta. <laughs> That's so cool. It, it, literally, the only thing that Ludacris signed was that book that night. <laughs> like his handler, uh, he was like, no, we're not doing any meetings. We're not doing anything. And I was like, hey, I need this signed. And he's like, uh, he'll think that's dope. 
<laughs> and I went to uh, went to Dave Hardy, who was like the autocross lead for the SCCA at that uh, at that event. So, <laughs> and he's a fellow EF guy from like years past. So I've known him for a long time. But yeah, his kid had that book, and uh, that was the only thing that Ludacris signed, I believe, at Grid Life uh, a couple years ago. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, weird times man yeah i don't know being in the event being in the event business is like hard right now but like it's hard for everybody which is uh, everybody's on like an equally screwed playing field which is cool i guess <laughs> but um yeah the first event i think is gonna it's gonna be a good event driver wise like uh, like as as a bit of a preamble for drivers who are listening because a lot of the drivers listen i think we're going to use the entire paddock area and we're also going to use like the uh, the service road going around turn two at Gingerman uh, for pit space. We're going to try to really space out drivers. Uh, we really want to try to set uh, the most uh, um, abundance of caution style event like precedent that we can because this will be like the bigger of the events that has happened at Gingerman so far. Um, we don't want to attract any attention negatively from the uh, what seems to be the ultra um, – ultra restrictive state of Michigan in these COVID times. So, um, yeah, we're going to try to space out drivers and space out crews and teams like, uh, everywhere in the paddock. We'll use the road heading past the lake. Like you can paddock everywhere. Like that's, that's the goal. We want everybody to be six plus feet apart. Um, if you didn't drive there with somebody, uh, don't, uh, don't give them a hug if they weren't in your car on the way there, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but we, we still want to, as much as you might want to, yeah, as much as you want to like hug, hug your James Morgans, like don't hug your James Morgans if you didn't come with James Morgan. But, um, but, uh, I'm going to have some, I'm going to try to have some individual meetings sent out via MP3 for individual groups, uh, for like key notes and stuff that should be going out the week before the event. Um, we'll have a lot of notes going out via email the week before the event. We'll have stuff posted on the website. Uh, the schedule will be live probably next week on the website. I've got a couple of drafts and some of it depends on the quantity of time attack and, uh, how late I can run in the day time wise. Um, but the driver's meeting will largely be over the PA, uh, aside from like the supplementary meetings for individual groups, which will be sent out via email. And we'll just kind of like try to hit, hit on the touch points and like the big key items, the stuff we want to do. Um, we're toying with the idea of, uh, self tech. And basically you walk up to a table, you show us the receipt for your tech inspection form. Uh, we say, uh, 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 we need to see your identification. You show us your identification. We see who you are. You uh, go through the steps of uh, what you need, like if you need a transponder for time attack, etc. We need a tech inspection, uh, tech sticker, stuff like that. Um, we're going to try to minimize the touch points and like uh, maximize like the flow of the event, and try to try just kind of keep everything like super flow, keep the the lines short and the lines spread out, and abundance of caution is kind of the the theme of. Uh, we're going to pretend everybody has the cooties just because, like, uh, yeah. Cause because they probably Because everybody do. might, and we don't know. And, like, I don't care which side of, like, the political aisle or, like, the, the feel of the coronavirus, like, uh, vibe you're on. Like, we're just going to err on the side of caution. Uh because uh, we don't want anybody getting sick, man. Well, like, yeah, I don't worry about anybody in our group, like, dying. But, like, they all got 89-year-old grandmas who might have a cough already. Like, they all got, uh, you know, friends who have vitamin D deficiencies. Like, they all got all these friends. Like, what's the point? Uh, let's let's err on the side of caution. So so there'll be a lot of info sure. coming out about that. Um, and hopefully Abe can be there. And if Abe can't be there, what's uh, Abe can't be what's there. what's your opinion on how things are looking for GLTC? If you were Dude, if you were placing bets on the season, who do you think? It might be this might be the biggest GLTC event that's ever happened. Is like, that right? Yeah. If you look at the size of Gold Pass, which is like almost thirty cars, if you look at uh, the few staff cars, and you look at the purchased uh, tickets so far for this event, because tickets just went on sale yesterday or two days ago. Um, it's if you look at that and you like say everybody's coming, it's already the biggest GLTC event that's ever happened. So that's wild. Uh, it could be a forty car GLTC field. We're not sure. 
But uh, we're looking at about a 75-car time attack field. Um, and uh, obviously the three classes, HPDE and then GLTC. So it should be a fun event. I'm looking forward to that. So looking forward to hanging out of the tower with a flag, with all the flags and, like, doing the driver's meeting via the PA. That'll be fun. <laughs> So, I love Adam over the PA. Yeah, Adam over the PA is usually pretty excited. <laughs> so, it, uh, except on Sunday mornings when the PA, Adam on the PA is usually from his bed in the RV. Well, if everything's going well and it's a three or a four day event like a Midwest festival, on Sunday morning, yeah, man, I'm in my boxers and we sleeping. So uh, we just talk about all the problem areas and we tell people what time things are happening and we go from there. So do you remember back? Were you at uh, were you at one of the events where we did uh, single session beginners ever? Oh yeah, I remember those. Oh yeah, man, those were those things threw ev- a monkey wrench into everything. I've never done so many drivers meetings. <laughs> Wait, so at the time, what was the logic for single session driver meetings? So, single session events. Yeah, like for the first couple of festivals, we had single session beginners, and for like fifty bucks, you could go out there with an instructor. Back when we used to do right seat instructing, and uh, it was just like, all right. And it, it always seemed like you you just go off for a session and like you get paired with an instructor and it was just like run what you brung and but we had to tech inspect every car. So I think the one I think twenty sixteen festival might have been the last time we did it. Um, I think we tech inspected for that weekend like pushing five hundred cars for the track. Like it was just a constant flow of. I remember it, that because it was like a hundred and fifty beginner single sessions. Because like every day there was like five or four runs of single session beginners. It was it was bonkers. Um, but uh, yeah, so many drivers meetings. I would do a dri- I would try to do a drivers meeting for every single one and like gather them up and it, like it got to be just out of control. Uh, yeah. So uh, talking about things we did in the past, I think the high point in my grid life life was what was it 2018 when we did um on saturday basically after lunch we did back to back brackets and drift from like one in the afternoon until dark that was freaking nuts it was like it was so taxing for me individually (laughs) as like running the event but it was so exciting yeah um, I've never seen a, a field of spectators engage watching time attack like that no, so ever good. before or, or, or even since then. Yeah. I've never seen it. The vibe and was really good. It like everything was just solid. And I know that, you know, after, after having worked, uh, uh, brackets at road America and at speed ring this year, having teams in different locations, We've kind of figured out how to get all the pieces to really work. But in 2018, um, we did not. <laughs> no, no. It was, it, I don't want to say it was a mess. It was just, it, it was, was hard. a lot more yeah, it was hard. hard. Like, uh, I remember, uh, uh, like, the, the worst part, I was like, I need those cars to run right now. Where are these cars? And the cars are, like, over there. And they're, like, not ready to go. And it's just like, I don't have four seconds to spare. Like, everything. Yeah. Everything was just like on a, everything was like on the, on the, on like the, it was like the, everything was on the pin of a needle. Like everything had to happen. We have so much stuff to happen. And I remember during the, during the awards ceremony, um, I was like, Austin, Abe, Jared, it's yours. I'm going to go walk out on the racetrack with a shovel and fun and shovel mud. I can't do it anymore. Like I don't (laughs) want to be around anyone. And I literally walked out to turn one and I started cleaning the track. Because the track was well, a freaking mess, and I didn't want to see anyone. I didn't want to be there. <laughs> so. What what I thought was so wild though was that was like our, that was like the the main stage yeah. for uh, event production for us, and how perfect was it that, um, um fuck, uh, eight seed from uh, Street Mod was able oh, to yeah. come back to. Uh, to win overall it's yeah, just like Nikolai Delov Nikolai, came back from yeah. the bottom yeah like you couldn't you couldn't have scripted it better than that no it and was a wild day it was a and it but it was just like so many battles to juggle and like I still remember I was near Nikolai's car when you were I think when you or somebody had told him that he had to he had to go again 
And he was like, oh, he was just like so <laughs> tired of not losing. <laughs> and he had fully um, expected to get knocked out immediately, but he was like, it was like damp enough and like. Well, I condition. think it was because he had put in the extra work at Mid Ohio, you know, two months prior, where he was yeah, he was driving car a car that was not that suited for rain, and he like worked it at Mid Ohio, and then I then just was remember great at Gingerman. I remember somebody telling him that uh, that he's got that he's up next and like he he just pulls back into grid off track and they're like all right go over there uh, you're up next uh, one more time with what's his face and he like exasperatedly put his head back like oh <laughs> like the pressure was too much and i was like nikolai you okay and he was like it's too much man i can't keep doing it <laughs> uh all of this to really say i want more of that in our time attack well, that, I, like I think it. i think that needs to be a theme long term uh so so chris and i were talking the other day uh i don't want to like uh i don't want to like give a like a like a, a sneak peek, but like long term, like I think grid life is better as like five or six packed out crazy events than it is about it. Like it's not really, it shouldn't be 10 or 12 right now. I think it should be five or six amazing events at rad tracks. Bangers. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, so that, I mean, that might be a thing and maybe there are three day events and they, and then there's special well, I, features. I think the hardest part about brackets is making the way, um, making the way from like one to 16 seeds um, like don't make a lot of sense unless the field is super, super tight Right. because it takes a lot of track time and the battle for the most part is consistently not very tight. Right. Um, Just lap time. And so like, it's, it's like, yeah, if something crazy happened, you might see an upset, but more often than not, that just doesn't happen. Um, and logistically, it's much harder to manage with that many cars in the grid where you're trying to, you know, get matchups together. But like, if you had the top four or the top eight for classes, right? Like, you could knock out a couple rounds of that pretty quick, and then you had to have some fantastic battles. And for the for which, the for the thousand people listening who don't know what a bracket battle is, that's something that like we sort of turned into a thing. And so you you go out and qualify. You set like the seed, and it picture like a, like what like an NCAA basketball tournament seed or, seed or whatever, where like P one goes against P eight. Say if there's people eight people in the bracket, um, and so the format is uh, the two cars roll out onto the track at the same time, uh, and they uh, they warm up, and when they cross start finish, they establish their gap. And then uh, the goal in the first hot lap of P1 uh, is to stretch the gap, and the goal of P2 is to shrink the gap, and that's how they win. So if the gap shrinks, the guy in the back wins. If the gap uh, uh, stretches, the guy in the front wins. Uh, but there's and, there's yeah. some gamesmanship too, right? And it's right. it's it's knowing how your car makes speed relative to the other person. Yeah. And because uh, there there are a couple of stipulations on bracket. One is. Um, unless there is a mechanical failure, there's, there's basically no passing ever. Um, and so the driver in the back has to manage to make sure that they have enough room to close by the time they make it to start finish. If they can. But the other, the other element that I think is really significant that you don't see with conventional time attack is a hard and fast rule for four wheels off equals an automatic DQ DNF out of the bracket completely. Right. And that, for us has uh, rewarded perfection and also gotten rid of some of the challenge of, of drivers attempting to overdrive in an attempt to win. Yeah. We've seen a bunch of losses because of it too. So um, yeah. So there's the first battle, then there's a cool down, cool down and flip lap. And then they do a second battle where the positions are reversed. And, and then if they tie, if one person wins this first and loses the second and there's a tie, then they do a one more time, usually after the next battle, takes place so it becomes like a it, it, it's kind of a time suck on track time but it i think it really works well at m1 concourse and at gingerman as far as spectator wise because it's agreed it's a really fun thing to spectate at too especially with good announcing like it's super fun um but uh those are the only two tracks and although speed ring or uh, street sprints out in streets of willow was super fun too that was it went worked really well there 
Um, I so. I'm trying to wonder if if it could be cool at Mid Ohio. Like I'm I'm going around the track and it's the track is so spectator friendly and it's a lot shorter than Road America. I think the challenge with Road America was just that you know from any one viewing angle you can only see. You can either see one corner or one straight. Right. Very few places can you see a lot of corners strung together. And I think that's what makes um, watching brackets cool is you can see stuff. You can see the the gaps changing. I right? think the, the, only, the only issue with Mid-Ohio is the, the uh, sporadic lack of a PA system that's reliable. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the lap times are there, and, like, the spectating is definitely there, depending on where you're at. Um, my favorite place to spectate in Ohio actually is like the the backside of turn one, and you can see all the way up to the keyhole almost, uh, and then you can see all the way down the straightaway into China Beach. Uh, if you walk past the trees a little bit, you can see Madness, and uh, and if you walk about a hundred feet to your left, you can watch uh, incoming down ter- down towards turn one. Like it's a really cool, flexible place to watch. There's like that bridge area there. Um, but uh, that was where years ago we recorded a podcast of the STL race with SCCA at the runoffs. Uh, I remember we were walking around that little area right there. It's a super fun place to watch a race. But uh, and then the but, the, uh, the other side of that the other side of that hill is also pretty good. Uh, you can watch, uh, you can see some of the you can see like glimpses of the cars entering the carousel, and it, that's a cool track to watch. It it might be a good spot for that. So, um, really all of this was just like, we've been, th- there is contrast between our eSport, uh, iRacing series and the time attack series. And, uh, one of the, one of the things that I think is really exciting about time attack is, is time attack is really exciting for the driver because they're at their limit of their own ability and the limit of their car, right? Mm-hmm. It is intense to try and put down the best lap you've ever done. But uh, externally, like watching the competition, it's it, it's not the same as watching a wheel-to-wheel race where like it, in, in part, wheel-to-wheel is as much fun to watch as it is to participate. Yeah. And yeah. That, that bracket element, I think, brings up the, uh, raises the stakes a little bit because drivers are expected to perform on command. Uh, but which is like a different to conventional time attack, but also like brackets are fun to watch because yeah, it's be. that person versus that person. And I can see who wins directly by watching the event. Yeah. it. Uh, Where, whereas like, you know, trying to watch the live timer on your phone during a time attack session, like it's cool if something happens, but it's hard to know when drivers are going really fast. Yeah. The, the, the couple lap, uh, battle and then it's over is, is a fun format. And it also, uh, you can, you can sort of like tell who's winning most of the time, unless it's super tight battle, which we do get a lot of, but, um, the uh yeah it, it's it's just a the short bangers make it real like uh video friendly and live stream friendly uh and also you get a high turnaround to cars uh but it's really it's not time attack it's like a competition for time attack cars you know it's just it's yep. it's, it's and different. i i think that's the way we frame it it's just yep. it's just a little different and to me it just feels so fresh yeah like I just I just want more of it. Yeah, we gotta we gotta keep trying to do it. The speed ring might not be a thing this year, but we should probably try to make brackets a thing somewhere. So, uh, hell, I'll put up yeah. I'll like if whatever it takes to get people to do it, I'll put up some of my own money just to have like <laughs> stuff happen. It wants to roll some brackets somewhere. We need a little side action going on in these brackets. <laughs> You got any uh, got any plans this week? You doing anything car wise? You just trying to get through the week? Yeah, just get through the week. Yeah, uh, I mowed my grass uh, in between rains uh, this weekend. We've had so a lot of that rain stuff too. Yeah. Uh, Chris posted, I think it was Instagram or something. Chris's house is actually a boat, uh-huh, and my house is also a boat, but it's it's a different kind of boat. It's not like it's not like a flooding boat. It's just like a sinking boat. Yeah. Chris has almost turned into a sinking boat. Yeah, the water was uh, the bilge pumps were not were non-existent, and the water needed to come uh, out of the basement. So, yeah, How often weird does that times. Happen? 
you need to do your friend a favor and go in there and fix his house. I ain't got the time, man. I'm all of a sudden I'm like the the most in demand idiot uh, in the south side of Chicago. I'm so that's because you're not addicted to meth. I know everybody's all like Adam. Adam uh, Adam showed up and he did it. Let's make him do more things. <laughs> and it seems like that's the only qualification for being hired as a contractor in Chicago now <laughs> is like yeah, well. having a truck that isn't a van with panels falling off and not being uh, a, a disgusting person who seems like he's on drugs. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, I should maybe I should do weird. some drugs and like get a rustier truck. <laughs> Yeah, you might get more work done if you did some more drugs. Uh, I don't know. It, it probably depends on the drug choice, but yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, we're about fifty minutes into this. I think we made a podcast, Dave. Yeah. What are we going to call this one? So it's always a challenge to figure out what what we're going to call the show. Uh, uh, how about um, uh, uh, I racing uh, or digital racing might be a real racing, but we're not sure. Or something like that. Uh, I don't know. We'll come up with something clever. Uh, or it could just yeah. be Adam is not on hard drugs uh, and, he's too, <laughs> and he's busy because of it. I I like that one. Adam yeah. was Adam is not on meth. Yeah. <laughs> Adam is busy uh, because he's not on meth. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Well, it's okay. midnight. Well, I'm gonna um, send you to bed, or else you're gonna turn into a, you're gonna turn back into a pumpkin or a slipper or whatever Cinderella's thing did. I'm probably gonna bury myself in a forum somewhere looking into uh, ILXs just because I think okay. they're cool. I, I was hoping you weren't gonna say meth. Uh, that would be a bad thing to research. Mm, yeah. All right, buddy. All right, I well, think uh, I think we're gonna end it. I'll probably talk to you tomorrow because I talk to you every day because it never ends because grid life is life. So. Yeah, you stop calling it grid life. At this point, it's just life. Well, it's just what it is. So. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, see you, bud. Later. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jabay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at Grid Life to say hello. Hello.